hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Wolf Sports Show. We've hit Thanksgiving. I'm not sure when this episode will be up, if I'll get it up uh, for Wednesday or if it'll be up on Thanksgiving. But we've got a lot to get to. We'll get to comments, questions at the end of the show. And given that it's Thanksgiving, I'm sure many of you are busy, maybe traveling. We're going to keep it a little shorter. We're going to go through all 32 teams as usual. As I say every week, we cover all 32 teams here at Wolf Sports. We're going to run down through the power rankings. And this season continues to be just absolutely nuts with the parity. So the rankings have shuffled a lot. They shuffle every week. It's Most years you get a sense of where each team really stands after maybe several weeks, maybe five, six, seven weeks. But of course teams get hot like the Bucks last year and the Bucks obviously took some time to get it going with Brady getting acclimated and getting more comfortable with the new team and implementing things that work best for him in the offense. But this year is just, you can't really get an idea of almost any team, which is just rare. It's not normally like this where every team is pretty much aside from a few teams, any given Sunday, anything can happen. But aside from a few teams, it's really close and anyone can almost beat anyone. So the power rankings, as you can find them on wolfsports.com every week, we'll go one through 32. Starting with number one, the Arizona Cardinals at nine and two. I just think Arizona has been the most consistent team this year as we hit Thanksgiving. They have the best record at nine and two. Their first loss was a Thursday nighter at home against the Packers, which they had a shot to win at the end. They easily could have won that. And then against the Panthers a couple of weeks ago, they were probably due for that type of game at some point. Panthers blew them out. But overall, they've been the most consistent team. It's been a surprise to me. Cliff Kingsbury has done a really good job, and they're the number one team to me right now. Also, just keep in mind, these power rankings, I'm going through them this week, but the power rankings don't indicate the teams that I think will like be in the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, whatever. My preseason pick was Bucks over Bills. I think the Bucks will still win. I think it'll probably still be the Bills in the AFC, although it's really crowded in that conference and the Patriots are a team to watch. But anyway, this is as of right now, the power rankings, where teams stand, how they've been playing all season. Then number two, the Titans. They're similar to the Cardinals where they've been, they have losses to the Jets and to the Texans now, but Overall, they've been probably the most consistent team in the AFC. Best record in the conference, 8 and 3. The five turnovers by the team last week, including four interceptions from Ryan Tannehill, that won't happen often. That probably won't happen again this season or maybe ever for Tannehill. It's probably just one of those games. They happen, things happen in the loss to the Texans. And now they face the Patriots this week. That'll be a really good one. And they basically, with Julio Jones is out on IR with the hamstring still. Of course, Derek Henry's out. They, I think they really need A.J. Brown to be healthy and on the field this week. Number three, the Packers. Off to an 8-3 and three start. 
they were number one in the power rankings last week. They're coming off a tough loss to the Vikings. Close loss. The defense has been really outstanding all year. They had a bit of a lapse last week, gave us some big plays to Justin Jefferson and company. But it happens again. It it was on the road. They'll return home to Lambeau Field this week. I think they should step back up and play well defensively against the Rams. And also watch Aaron Rodgers with his toe injury, which he says is worse than turf toe. He was scrambling around because he had to. The Vikings were getting pressure. He was scrambling around and making great throws as usual on the run, throwing darts. But you could tell he was hobbled doing it. Like He was scrambling, but he was not at full strength, clearly. Then number four, the Bucks, my Super Bowl pick still. I'm usually high on them. They could definitely be higher than number four, but I have them four for now. The big thing is the defense looked more like itself on Monday night against the Giants in the 30-10 to 10 win. Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting are back at corner, which has been a boost for the defense. That That's big to have them healthy. And then Carlton Davis had his practice window activated. He's on IR currently, and he could come off as early as this week. So the Tampa Bay defense is in is getting in a much better spot. Vita Vea should be back on the field soon after missing last week. Rob Gronkowski was back, and he looked really good on Monday night. And Antonio Brown is expected to be back soon from his ankle issue. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks run the table, go 14-3 and three overall. Then number five, back in the top five, the Patriots. I believe I had them, it might have been six, five or six in the preseason rankings. It took them some time to get going, had some tight losses early in the season. But they're back, they're in the top five. They look like, the, it looks like the Patriots are back in general as Super Bowl contenders after an off year, COVID and everything, new quarterback with Brady leaving and Cam Newton dealt with the COVID stuff. So they had a slightly off year last year, but it looks like they're back. The defense was dominant on the road last Thursday night against the Falcons. And really, the defense has arguably been the best in the league this year. Then you have the Bills right behind them at number six. They're at six and four, while the Patriots are seven and four because New England did not have their bye yet. Again, it was just sort of one of those type of games last week, I think, for the Bills when they got run all over by Jonathan Taylor. We'll get to him soon. The offense was off again slightly, but when the defense is given up, what they did to Taylor, you're going to have a tough time winning games. Buffalo had the number one defense in the league, and that was shocking to say the least last week. But they get a quick turnaround. I think they're happy about that on Thanksgiving night. They face the Saints. They'll look to get things going again and put it behind them. And then at number seven, the Chiefs are a backup high. They jump five spots in the power rankings this week, and it's because of the defense mainly. Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator, doesn't get enough credit at all for the way the defense has played the past few years since he's taken over. During the Super Bowl run, they didn't get enough credit. During last year, on their way to the Super Bowl. And that group is the main reason for the jump back in the top 10. They shut down the Cowboys last week. And offensively, Patrick Mahomes is taking care of the football, which is really the biggest thing. He doesn't need to play hero ball. He doesn't need to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. The team is certainly good enough around him that he can just take care of the ball, be in the game at the end, and try to win it. Then the Cowboys come behind them at number eight. Cowboys are at seven and three now. 
They'll hopefully get Tyron Smith back for Thanksgiving. He's missed the past few games with his ankle issue. The offense is in a much better spot when he's on the field protecting the blind side for Dak Prescott. Either way, Jerry Jones has said he wants his team to run the ball more. It sounds like Ezekiel Elliott said the same, like they're going to run the ball, and that'll open things up for everyone. They got uh, Amari Cooper is on the COVID list. He's going to miss his second straight game this week. CeeDee Lamb is in concussion protocol. He's facing an uphill battle to get cleared for a Thanksgiving game, but there's a chance he does get cleared. There's optimism. Either way, Dallas should run the ball more, play to a defense that played well last week, kept him in the game, and running more will help Tony Pollard get more touches, which he needs. He's an explosive guy, and the Cowboys are at their best when Zeke and Pollard are getting the ball out, and they can go with play action, hit deep shots down the field. Number nine, also at seven and three, the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, he's been dealing with the cold symptoms and sickness and stuff for really all season. It seems like I think he's missed practice time at least for a couple of weeks, and he was unable to play last week because of that. Harbaugh says he'll practice this week, so it sounds like he's feeling better, which is good to hear. But Tyler Huntley filled in and did a pretty good job in his first start, led a game-winning drive at the end for Baltimore to get a defensive battle win over Chicago. And the Ravens, they need Jackson when they take on the Browns this week. Then number 10, also at 7-3, and three, the Rams. They just had their bye. I'm interested to see how they come out. As I said last week, the offense didn't hasn't looked like a Sean McVay offense much to me. They've been a lot of drop-back passing, haven't established the run much. After the bye, I'm intrigued to see if McVay wants to get back to running the ball with Daryl Henderson and Sammy Michelle to set up play action to for Stafford to hit Cooper Cup and Man Jefferson and Tyler Higby and now Odell in the mix. But I don't think I'm not sure Stafford's consistent enough, accurate enough to just drop back as much as he has been and without much of a run game and think you're gonna pick apart defenses for the best the best defenses in the league. I don't see that happening in the postseason. I think they need to definitely establish the run. And if you're just going to drop back pass like they have been, Stafford would need to catch fire at the right time in the postseason. Then number 11, a team that is playing maybe better than anyone right now, the Colts. They're at 6-5 and five now. Jonathan Taylor totaled over 200 yards and five total touchdowns on 35 touches against the Bills last week. So I think if you listen to the show, you know I've been saying like Taylor needs the ball more, especially late in games when it's been close. Colts might have a couple more wins if they did that earlier, but we can hopefully feel good that he'll get fed the ball every week. The Colts have a, I guess you could say, the NFL is crazy this year, wide open. They probably have a championship window open right now. I don't think they should hesitate to give Taylor the ball. He's a special player. He can handle a heavy workload, as he's shown at Wisconsin. I know it was college, but he can he can carry the load, no problem. And if you watched Hard Knocks, the in-season Hard Knocks, first time ever with the Colts, you saw Chris Ballard and the Colts running backs coach, Scotty Montgomery, talking about just how special of a player Taylor is. And he's asserted himself as obviously one of the best players in the league. And it's just crazy that he went in the second round. makes no sense. Then number 12, the Chargers. 
The defense has had some struggles, surprisingly, and they're a talented group, but they've had some struggles the first year under Brandon Staley, but the offense has been able to win close games, win shootouts a couple of times, which has been big for the franchise that's had a ton of trouble in close games over the years for them to... Justin Herbert's been clutch, and they've gotten over that, it seems. Herbert and Mike Williams have connected for five go-ahead touchdowns in the fourth quarter of the season which is already a single-season record through 10 games. Austin Eckler, he had four touchdowns last week. He was great. There's plenty of talent with the Chargers, and they could they could definitely be higher in the power rankings. Again, it shows how deep the league is to have teams. The teams and the teams, all of them have a ton of upside. Then 13, the Vikings coming off a huge win against the Packers last week. They're now front runners for one of the NFC's three wildcard spots, along with the Rams. They've kind of, to me, jumped out as two, the two top wildcard contenders at the moment, and then there's another spot too. And also, who knows if Green Bay slips up some with the way the Vikings are playing. They've been in a lot of close games, all one-score games. The NFC North is not out of the question, thanks to their win last week. And Kirk Cousins has been clutch, and the team is battle-tested. They've been in so many close games and that should pay off in late in the season and number 14 the Steelers at 5-4-1 and one, they were shorthanded because of injuries and COVID which is unfortunate against the Chargers on Sunday night the defense they had pretty big lapses they tightened up some towards the end they gave up the lead again but they battled and it wasn't an easy spot losing guys to injury and COVID, which is out of the control. Ben Roethlisberger, again, he lit up the Chargers. Again, he played well and I think silenced everyone that buried him far too early. And Pittsburgh should be confident heading into this week against the Bengals. The AFC North is extremely tight. The next two teams in power rankings also in the AFC North and this might come down to, it could go down to the wire to week 18 with all, all four teams being in the mix for the division crown. We'll see. But at 15, the Browns, I have them ahead of the right ahead of the Bengals because, I mean, they kind of stomped them a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, really. Baker Mayfield, he's just, he's really banged up. Even with the injuries, he knows he needs to play better. His play helped allow the Lions to stay in the game last week. But it was good to see Nick Chubb back in the lineup after he missed a game due to COVID protocols. Thankfully, he was cleared in time to play last week. And Cleveland might get Kareem Hunt back from his calf injury after he missed several games for this week against the Ravens. Huge primetime game. And then the Bengals returned from the bye. Joe Mixon and the rushing attack were excellent in separating late against the Raiders. Defense did a nice job. However, Joe Burrow and the passing attack remain just all following the bye. They've been, I think defense is a keyed on Jamar Chase more. Like Mike Tomlin said, the defense is doing that. And Jamar Chase's production declining some in over the past few games has is an indication that defenses respect the rookie's ability. He's So you can bet the Steelers are going to be keyed on Chase this Sunday. Then number 17 at 5-6, and six, the Eagles. The defense has taken advantage of some good matchups this year. They have a few touchdowns. And then on offense, the team is just playing with extreme confidence right now. I think in large part because the offensive line 
is doing a great job protecting Jalen Hurts. They're running the ball and they ran with ease against the league's top run defense last week in the win over the Saints. The loss of Jordan Howard for at least this week, it sounds like, maybe a couple of weeks before the bye to a knee injury is tough because he's been huge in setting the tone with his punishing running style. He gets up the field immediately. So Miles Sanders needs to step up and play well with Howard out. But if you get good off his line play and with Jalen Hurts getting better every week still, the Eagles are certainly a team to watch. At number 18, the Niners are 5-5. Five and five. They're another team to watch. They coasted against the Jaguars last week. They didn't get a ton of rushing production from the running backs. Jeff Wilson stepped up. He had 19 carries, I think only 50 yards, but the Jags are actually pretty tough run defense. The Ebo Samuel did do damage on the ground. He's been just a sensational playmaker this season for the Niners. Trent Williams and the offensive line are similar to the Eagles. They're just playing great, and they can run the ball most weeks. And if you protect Jimmy Garoppolo with his accuracy, quick release, and his deep group of weapons to throw to, including George Kittle, Samuel, Brandon Ayuka, stepped up. And the defense is getting more confident under D'Amico Ryan's. Then you have Washington. They were able to spoil Cam Newton's return, his first home game since re-signing with the Panthers. The offensive line for them also playing well as of late. And Taylor Heineke, he's keeping drives going. And that's big. Third downs is huge to keep drives going and be clutch late in games with conversions. And Panthers cornerback. Dante Jackson had huge praise for Heineke after the game. For him to be impressed and speak to the opposing team's quarterback like that, it says something about Heineke. Again, I liked him. I thought he could have been the starter of the season from from the jump from week one after the way he played last postseason. And he's getting a huge opportunity here. And Washington is back in the playoff mix. And the Panthers, that was just really disappointing to lose in Newton's first home game back. But Newton's doing a nice job, especially just joining a team in the season. I know he's been with them before, but he hasn't played in Joe Brady's offense before. They cut him last year before really doing anything together. So Newton has done a good job. The Panthers' defense, they have shown flashes of dominance, but they are a young group, so there's been some inconsistency. They didn't play bad last week, but they haven't been a group that can carry them consistently and just totally shut things down when the offense clicking. So it was just it was just a close loss last week for Carolina. Coming in at twenty one, the biggest drop in the power rankings this week of eight spots. There were thirteen last week. The Saints at five and five. We already hit on the defense getting run all over last week. Couldn't really get any pressure on Jalen Hurts at all. Who they got some pressure, but it was after Hurts was standing back there in the pocket and then when they got pressure, he was evading guys easily. But the big thing is the offense is super beat up right now. It looks like they might be without both starting off of the tackles, both really good. Armstead and Ramschuk. Alvin Kamara, likely to miss his third straight game. Mark Ingram is now also dealing with a knee issue. He might also be out Thanksgiving on a short week. They lost Adam Troutman for a few weeks to a knee injury. Michael Thomas has been out all season. Of course, at quarterback, they lost Jameis Winston. So the offense is just decimated by injuries right now. And again, I said it last week, 
it was another slow start for the Saints offense. The defense didn't help them, but they need a quicker start on Thanksgiving night, or it could it could be ugly against the Bills. And we'll see if Taysom Hill maybe gets more involved. He's been banged up with the, I think it's foot injury or toe injury. He didn't play at all. I don't think he got any snaps last week. Yeah, he, he definitely didn't get any snaps that I remember. He signed a contract extension with the Saints, another one. And this one, if he becomes a starting quarterback, it's a flexible contract where can he can get a big increase in salary. Either way, he's getting paid nicely. But we'll see if the Saints use him more. Maybe at quarterback traditionally. And as I've said before, I think he did a good job, showed progress as a passer last season when he was the starter while Drew Brees missed time. So keep an eye on that. At number 22, the Seahawks are now 3-7 and seven after... They were in a spot to beat the Cardinals last week. The banged-up Cardinals sat Kyler Murray again ahead of their bye. But the offense for Seattle just can't get anything going. They don't seem to have a fix, a solution to the issue. Still, they can go on a run. They have Russell Wilson at quarterback, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett at receiver. They can catch fire. It just needs to happen quickly. Obviously, at 3-7, and seven, they don't have really much room for any slip-ups or at this point and not having Chris Carson back running back he's a tone setter for sure on offense he's out for the year with his neck issue now uh, that's really unfortunate for him again a tone setter on offense and for the entire team and he brings energy he runs hard so not having him has been tough and number 23 the Broncos they're five and five so they're pretty low for a 500 team but they're coming off their bye. I just, overall, I don't feel great about them. As a team making a push, they were flexed into the Sunday night game next week against the Chiefs. That's interesting. I hope it was a good choice. I hope it's a close game in a couple weeks. But they play the Chargers this week, this Sunday. And they just signed in over the past couple of, over the past several days, really, I guess. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick both receivers to contract extensions. It was somewhat surprising. They have Jerry Judy there, KJ Hamler, and it's it's surprising Denver is emphasizing receiver to me, spending big money there. It just felt odd to me. Then at 24, the Dolphins at 4-7. and seven, They've won two straight games. And now at 4-7, and seven, the next three games, you don't want to look too far ahead, and they should not be doing this of course, as a team, you got to take it one week at a time, no matter your record. But the upcoming schedule at home against the Panthers won't be an easy game, but it's at home, and they can certainly beat the Panthers at home against the Giants. They'll without a doubt be favored there. And then on the road against the Jets, they should be favored. A potential path to 7-7, seven and seven, and at that point, will be in December, and they would have a shot over the final three weeks to make a playoff push. Remember, they missed last season with 10 wins. I might have done it myself, counting them out, but they shouldn't be counting out yet. Brian Flores' team. Number 25, the Raiders. They're 5-5. Five and five, So at 5-5 five and five in this low in the power rankings, number 25 is, it indicates where they're at at this point. I'm close to counting them out, to be honest. They've just dealt with so much this season. Lost John Gruden. Offense hasn't been the same. But we'll see. It wouldn't be shocking if, Derek Carr came out and lit it up, lit out the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It could happen. And who knows, maybe they'll rally and 
make a comeback. Number 26, the Falcons at four and six. Not having Cordero Patterson last Thursday night didn't help at all. But the offensive line needs to play better if Matt Ryan, who I feel bad for, he can still play at a high level if he's going to have a chance to move the offense and get Atlanta to contend. Remember, they've been without Calvin Ridley, who's stepped away from football to deal with mental health issues. They've been without him for a while now. So not having Patterson on top of that is tough to overcome for them. A.J. Terrell, who I've mentioned, had an inter- interception last week. So he's he's continued to have a good second season, really nice second season as an emerging corner for the Falcons. At number 27, the Giants. Now at 3-7 and seven after losing the Bucks on Monday night. They fired Jason Garrett on Tuesday. So things are pretty desperate for for the Giants. At number 28, the Bears also 3-7. and seven. Unfortunately, Justin Fields will not play on Thanksgiving because of his rib injury suffered last week. He was probably looking forward to it as a rookie, I would think. So a tough break for him. Andy Dalton will be under center. There's now rumors swirling from a couple of places saying that Nagy, Bears head coach Matt Nagy, will be coaching his last game. That would be weird for it to be known before that and him coaching his final game. I guess it happens, but it seems weird. Hopefully the players play hard, whether or not Nagy's staying. Because, one, they should play for a guy that's on a very hot seat. He's likely done after the season, regardless of when it happens, if he's fired tomorrow or after the season. But they should play hard for him, even if they there are reports that players aren't happy with them. But still, you're professionals. you got to play hard, even if you don't like your coach. Even if Nagy's gone tomorrow or whenever, Friday, whenever he's fired, Monday, you want to play hard for whoever the next coach is going to be. You want to put good stuff on film if you're a Bears player. And they don't want to be the team to give the Lions their first win. Number 29, the Texans. At 2-8, and eight, they jump a couple of spots in the power rankings. They upset the Titans last week. I was concerned they might be rusty coming off the bye, but the Titans looked rusty. They turned it over five times, and the Texans took advantage. Tyra Taylor did some damage with his legs. The defense played well. And now Houston faces the Jets this week, so there's a shot there to build on something and maybe get a winning streak going after their first win since week one. Number 30, the Jaguars. They lost Jamal Agnew to a hip injury. He's out for the year. That's a tough one, tough loss. He worked his way into a consistent role in offense, had some explosive plays. Remember, DJ Chark is also, he's done for the year with his ankle injury. James Robinson has been banged up some this season, missed some time. So it hasn't been ideal for Trevor Lawrence. But aside from they gave up the touchdown to Debo Samuel, who did well running the ball, but overall they played, they bounced back in terms of run defense. That's a good sign to me that the team's playing hard for the coaching staff. Number 31, the Jets at 2-8. and eight. Zach Wilson is ready to return to the starting lineup after missing the past five games with a knee injury. I'd like to see if sitting on the sideline for a little bit, getting a different perspective, watching guys run the Jets offense, really three different guys, ran the offense well. Mike White, Joe Flacco, both on the code list, and Josh Johnson when he stepped in there in the Thursday night game a few weeks ago. They all ran the offense well, so I'd like to see how Wilson does after watching that on sideline, getting a different perspective. And there's an opportunity here for the Jets to get a win. They face the Texans. Should be a close game, I would think. 
And then number 32, the Lions at 0-9-1. They, again, were in a tight game. The type of game they want to play, it gives them a shot to control the clock some and run the ball. And Jared Goff missed the game, the loss to the Browns, with an oblique injury. The hope is he can play for the Thanksgiving matchup against the Bears. I've seen people, big-name people, I guess, uh, comedians or whatever, saying, criticizing Goff. Basically, I've seen talk that he's not accurate. Just basically that he's an awful quarterback. It's just, it's really a ignorant, lazy take. He has the, nothing against them, they're professionals, but he has the worst supporting cast in terms of outside receivers in the league. But just, I mean, watch him play. He throws the ball. He's really accurate. He's just in a tough spot. And it, it would be nice if he played well on Thanksgiving if he's able to go. And so that's it for the power rankings. Got through all 32. There's talk of NFL expansion to as many as 40 teams. But for now, it's 32. And now we'll get to the questions and comments. We've got three of them this week. One comment and a couple of questions. Again, feel free to send them via email to davidchapine at wolfsports.com. If you have any questions or comments, your own opinions that you want to share, you can just send them in. Love Wolf Sports. I was wondering how did Colts RB Jonathan Taylor last to the second round? Will from London. Well, thank you for the question and for being a fan of Wolf Sports. Yeah, I covered that. I was thinking the same thing. I covered that in the power rankings article on wolfsports.com. I think I mentioned it how, I think I said it earlier in the show. But yeah, he should not have been a second round pick. He should have been a top 10 pick. Clearly he was, I think, what was it? 6,000 yards in three years at Wisconsin. He's a physical freak, basically prototypical size. And the speed is off the charts, especially at that size. And by all accounts, he's a great guy. Have no idea how he went to the second round. Makes no sense. There were no red flags. He showed ability as a receiver in college, even if he wasn't used a ton there. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have been a second-round pick. I was concerned when the Colts picked him in the second round because they had Marlon Mack there, who's a really good running back. Naheem Hines they had there. Both are still there. So I was concerned about his workload. I wasn't sure he'd be able to shine there. He has stepped up and, yeah, proving he should not have been a second-round pick. We had him at Wolf Sports as a clear top 10, well in the top 10, arguably top five prospect. A comment, Jack from Missouri. St. Louis should get an expansion team. He has harsh comments on Stan Kroenke, the Rams owner who moved the team to LA. Then he adds an NFL team was stolen from us. Yeah, that's the feeling from the area. I think a lot of St. Louis people, from what I hear from people, is that some of them don't say they don't even want an NFL team anymore. They're so mad about it. But it's it split. There are others that that want an NFL team badly because they're mad. It was taken from them. They like watching the NFL. And I said on last week, if there's an expansion team, a 33rd team, or up to whatever, if there's several more teams, St. Louis is probably first in line to get one. And then finally, who do you think gets NFL Sunday ticket? Chris from NYC. There's talk that Amazon is interested. Even Apple might be interested. They have the money to burn. ESPN Plus might go for it. I think just about everyone will be interested. Who actually gets it? 
really tough. Amazon has a good relationship with the NFL right now. They get Thursday night football. So if I had to pick a favorite, I would say maybe them. And I'm not too sure how all that works, but they have the AWS platform to host things. I'm assuming they wouldn't have any trouble hosting all the games and streaming them to Sunday ticket subscribers. And I saw it's estimated to cost maybe two to three billion per year for a Sunday ticket. That's a pretty decent price, I think. Thursday night football, I think, is one billion per year gonna be Amazon's new deal next starting in next year. So two to three billion for the entire one o'clock and four o'clock games each Sunday is two to three billion is reasonable relatively. These companies have a ton of money to do moves like that. So a little bit of a shorter show, different style of running through the power rankings. Hopefully, if you want to listen, you have time. I know it can be crazy during the holidays, especially if you have to travel. It should be a good week. The schedule looks good again. Thanksgiving schedule isn't great. I've been looking forward to Bill's Saints. The Saints being banged up doesn't help. The early game, not great. Middle game, Raiders are falling off, so not great, but... Still, it's the NFL, it's football, it's going to be entertaining. Obviously, I'm going to be watching. It couldn't surprise, couldn't get close games. That's what we're hoping for. So we're on the show there. Happy Thanksgiving and have a great holiday weekend.